The opinions expressed on That's a Foul do not reflect the view of any organization to which the host or guest are affiliated or employed. Happy 75th birthday, Dad. Let's do it. Sports are an integral part of my life, specifically officiating. I've met a lot of interesting people on deck and on the sidelines. From referees to evaluators, coaches to administrators, and players to fans, each one has a story to tell, and that's a foul is the place to tell them. Each episode, we'll dive into personal and professional lives to see how we can all be a little better tomorrow. I'm Chad Packer, and this is That's a Foul. Today, I'm reading a letter I've written to my dad on his 75th birthday. Larry Packer was born on November 3, 1945, to Mary and George Packer in Indianapolis, Indiana. Both of his parents were deaf, and he was an only child. I'm guessing that had a major impact on his life, but I never really got a chance to talk with him about it. While I don't know a ton about my dad's childhood or even his early adulthood, and I don't have a lot of stories to tell, I can tell you he was the best dad I could have ever hoped for. He was a steel salesman for most of his adult life. He loved to referee sports. He loved to work in the garden, and he loved his family. My mom, Pam, my brother, Jeremy, and our dog, Tootsie. He was especially devoted to my mom. As best I can recall, they were inseparable. Something I remember my mom saying upon being asked if she ever thought of remarrying after my dad's passing at age 48 was this. She said, I was married to the best. Why would I settle for anything less than that? Dear Dad, Although you've been physically gone for 26 years, I still have some things to tell you. As I've gotten older and approached the age at which you passed away, I find myself becoming more reflective on all the things I wish I had said while we still had time together. I have some apologies. I have some fun memories, and I have a few stories to share. Let's start with some apologies. When we were at Natural Bridge, when I was about four or five years old, we took a picture with you and Jeremy and I at the top. Well, I accidentally poked you in the eye with my walking stick, so I'm really sorry about that. But mom got the picture, and you got quite a startle, I'm sure. But as usual, you rallied to get us back down the trail with what I'm guessing was a smile on your face. Another picture that comes to mind is the famous one at the White House with Jeremy and me. Something must have really pissed you off because no one in that picture looks happy. I don't know what Jeremy did to ruin the picture, but it's my damn podcast, so I'm blaming him. So, do you remember when you and Mom hauled that pea green refrigerator out onto the front lawn to paint it a nice almond color after we had our kitchen remodeled? Well, when you guys went back inside, I figured I'd try my hand at it as well and painted a quick left to right, right to left swath across it. When you couldn't figure out how that happened, I didn't tell you it was me. I'm really sorry about that, and I'm really sorry it was on there for the next eight years. Speaking of not speaking up, after you fertilized the lawn one year and there was like a circle of dead grass, that's because I went ahead and threw some extra fertilizer out there to give you a helping hand. Um, That's why the grass burned up. (laughs) I am glad I got that off my chest. Thanks for understanding, Dad. You always did. 
Let's go ahead and pivot to a few memories I have of you that somehow are cemented in my brain. You had this dope collared shirt that was red and white, horizontal striped. The white was just plain white, but inside the red was this hyphenated phrase that said, bitch a little. Now, I didn't know what that meant at the time, but if that isn't the dopest ass shirt a man in the late 70s or early 80s could rock, I don't know what is. Speaking of dope shirts, that light blue Edgeco Metals bowling shirt from Wednesday nights, man, that was a classic. I wish I could find that. I bet it still smells like alley grease, cigarettes, and Miller Lite. Dad, I can distinctly remember you coming home, bringing Jeremy a zero bar and me a payday. I remember you calling him sport and me tiger, and I remember the scratchiness of your five o'clock shadow. I bet those nights were some of the best you had with your friends. I know you're left-handed, finger-tipped, ball found the pocket more times than not, and your scorekeeping was spot on. Thanks for letting me join in later as I got a little bit older and for buying me Cokes and Funyuns despite it being 9 o'clock at night. Another memory I have of you is from my very first attempt at soccer refereeing. It was on the soccer field behind our house. Springdale renamed the field in your honor, by the way. Shout out to my childhood friend Todd Pearson for leading the charge on that one. Anyways, I remember you were sitting with Jeremy and Tootsie just inside the 18-yard line watching. The ball went out of bounds, and at some point, I just kind of stood there, and you said, blow your whistle. I don't know why I remember that, but it's a chance for me to tell you that your soccer and basketball refereeing, your baseball umpiring, and you being a starter at my summer swim meets was a way for you to stay active and to give back to the Springdale community while still being around your family. That continues to stick with me as my first example of servant leadership. When I was a senior in high school, I was at a swim meet at Anderson YMCA. And after the meet was over, I was backing my car out of my spot and I couldn't see around this big pickup truck that had pulled next to me. And my car was hit by another car in the lot. While I contend to this day, Dad, it wasn't my fault. When I came home, you were in the front yard working in one of the landscape beds. You didn't get angry and you didn't blame me for it. You simply said, we'll get it fixed. We probably paid for her car to get fixed too, but you never really spoke of it again. That's just one more thing you taught me as a dad, patience and acceptance. I'm trying really hard to be that person every day. Dad, I never had the chance to tell you how proud I am of you for quitting smoking. Not sure what propelled you to do so, but for someone to take that on at 40 years old would be something that had to have been quite a challenge. There are a lot of regrets I have in life, but me not telling you that is one of my biggest. Dad, I don't know the word appreciation can do justice to the hindsight I now have about your working in Indianapolis for my junior and senior years of high school. That you would get up every Monday morning and drive to Indy and not come home until Friday evening must have absolutely killed you. I didn't understand why you would sob when you came in to kiss me goodbye Monday morning, but now I do. That must have been so hard to be away from home in a world without email, Zoom, cell phones, and texting. I cannot think of a more kind and selfless act a dad could do for his son. As I sit here writing this letter now, I wish I could tell you what kind of example that set for me as a dad. I don't know that you missed any evening water polo games, and I know you were just about every single swim meet. I don't know how you did it. But more times than not, I know this. 
It's just letting your kids know you're there for them that's most important. Thank you for teaching me that. Some quick ones to end here. Thanks for all the power tools. I still use your Black & Decker circular saw and Craftsman power drill whenever I can. Sometimes they aren't the best tool for the job, but I just feel closer to you when I use them. I misplaced your hammer a few years ago and cried and cried for hours when I couldn't find it. Thankfully, I did, so all is well in the world. I'm guessing you had a hand in that one. There are a few phrases I still use of yours when they are appropriate. My favorite is, you could play iffy all night long. Don't need much of an explanation on that one, but sometimes I do play iffy all night long just so I can regale my friends with your line. We have a garden in the backyard. I still use some of your garden tools just because I can. And thinking about all the hours you spend in the garden weeding, planting, picking rocks, and the like, I'm guessing you just enjoy being in a place of simplicity. If it was a weed, you pulled it. If it was ripe, you picked it. And if it needed pruning, you pruned it. I don't know that I helped you much, but I wish I had. It might have helped me in my own garden. I remember one time, You peeked your head into the bedroom Jeremy made me pay rent to sleep in, and you said, It smells in here, with the consternation of a man wondering if his house was set to blow up at any minute. Well, Dad, that was Jeremy. He farted all the time, (laughs) and most of the time, it was on me. You know, we really were just one match away from making the local paper. Dad, As someone who cannot sleep past 7.30 a.m. anymore, I now understand why you'd get up early and capture the day. Your legacy of being someone who liked to cross things off his list has successfully been passed down to me. Your ability to take an epic nap, however, has not. I don't know how you could do that, but man, what I wouldn't give to come into my house now and see you napping in the corner. I want for that so badly sometimes it hurts. There are more things I could tell you, but maybe I'll save those for another letter. I do have something I'd like to ask, and I can remember like it was yesterday. When I was in college, I was refereeing an indoor soccer game. As the play moved toward the end with the clear glass where fans could see onto the field, and I was running the diagonal, I swear to God, I saw you standing behind some people and you were smiling and watching me. I looked away, and then I looked right back, realizing that was you, but you were gone. I am 100% positive it was you. If you get the chance, could you make an appearance at a water polo game sometime? I'd really like to see you again. I'm going to end by reading the eulogy delivered at my dad's funeral by his friend Jim Miller. Mr. Miller, as I knew him, was about 20 years older than my dad, but they still had a lot in common. They loved a garden, they loved a good story, and they loved to enjoy the company of good friends. When Mr. Miller passed away a few years ago, I wept uncontrollably at his funeral as I realized the loss of a father is never easy for anyone at any age. With that, here's his eulogy. Eulogies for famous people are common occurrences. A listing of their important achievements goes on and on. A participant in peace talks, their actions in world crisis, the achievements of their presidency, and so on. The eulogy for an ordinary man is different. Seldom are there any worldwide achievements to list, yet we should pause and tell of who and what they were. Today, 
I'm here to eulogize my friend, Larry Packer. Larry was a gentleman. It might be better said, Larry was a gentle man. He was not a ruckus noisemaker, taking on causes and making them his personal crusade. I never saw him lose his temper. I never knew him to be unkind or belittle anyone. He was a gentle man. Larry was a cheerful man. He usually had a smile on his face and had a happy outlook on life. He liked to discuss how his garden was growing. He enjoyed going to see the Reds play baseball. I never heard him complain. Even in the final weeks, when I would come to visit him and I ask, How are you feeling, Larry? He would answer, I'm okay. His cheerful reply was so convincing that I believed him. Larry was a dependable man. He worked for Edgeco Metals for 27 years. He could be counted on to do the job. I know that on more than one occasion, his workday did not stop at 4 p.m., or on Friday for that matter. He could be depended upon to complete the job. He spent numerous hours refereeing soccer and basketball games. At times, he would referee one more game if for some reason the assigned person could not make it. Larry could be depended upon to see that the game went on. Larry was a caring man. He was a great family man. First and foremost, he loved his wife. Whenever we spoke about the Packers, we always referred to them as Pam and Larry. They were one. Those of us who gathered for their 25th wedding anniversary could see that this was a most joyful event for both of them. His greatest pride and joy was his two sons. His happiest times were when he and Pam were watching their sons perform in their various activities. No distance was too far to travel. No sacrifice was too great. He was there for his sons, whether it was soccer matches, swimming contest, water polo, the little 500 at Indiana University, or tennis tournaments his son was involved in organizing and managing. He was proud of their achievements. He was especially proud to see his son Jeremy graduate from Indiana University. The recent news that he was to be employed full-time in a job with a future filled him with joy. Their younger son Chad's abilities in swimming and water polo were always recounted to me as we visited. His academics achievements in high school and college assured Larry that Chad would do well in his chosen field. Recently, he told Pam that he thought Jeremy's enthusiasm was his greatest asset. He felt that Chad's determination would always help him reach his goal. He was satisfied that his sons would make their mark in the world. He was a devoted son and loved his mother dearly. He was happy that in the last two years he could spend more time with her in Indianapolis. Besides his family, his caring touched the lives of hundreds of young people in the area in his capacity as a coach, instructor, or referee. I'm sure we all have our own memories of examples of Larry, the gentle man, the cheerful man, the dependable man, the caring man. We will miss him. As I walked into the church, I saw the soccer field nearby. How appropriate that this service be so close to that field. I don't know if there's a timeout in heaven, but if there is, Larry, take your timeout. We salute you. If you're a regular listener, you know this episode is a bit of a divergence from the usual format of someone else telling their story. Thank you for listening to me tell one of mine. I've come to realize lately that, like my hairline, vision, and hearing, 
My memories of my dad are fading into the ether. I don't know how many more trips around the sun I have, but I'm going to continue trying to be the best dad, husband, and friend I can be, so that when I'm gone, people just might have something positive to say about me. Shouldn't we all live our lives that way? Until next time, y'all. Be good to the refs.